And there it is. We are live. As you've probably seen today, we are hanging out with Rod Peterson of the Rod Peterson Show. He joins us pretty much every year before the season starts. We talk about the Leafs. We talk about his teams and some surprise things will happen. Rod, how's it going today, buddy? Hey, good. Good to see you. Almost happy new year, Jamie. Not quite, but close. <laughs> very, very, very close. And of course, we're close. always riding shotgun with one of the boys, D434, <laughs> Dylan Fournier. Look at that. The Panthers are already falling. <laughs> we're taking it all the way down. <laughs> done. There we go. That's Florida well, heat for you right there, baby. Oh, I'll be in I'll be in Florida in five weeks. Oh, look me up if you're around. Yeah, oh, we're yeah. going. We're going to Disney in Orlando, so good for you. Stay Rod, it's somewhere. a pleasure to uh, have you on. I, I've watched your show a couple times, so it's a pleasure to uh, finally meet you. I appreciate Only that, Only a man. couple times? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, it's on during the day. Some people work, you know? Some yeah, I work. I, works. I <laughs> used to work during the days, but now I'm on uh, afternoon shift, so catch it a little bit more. So Nice. So before we jump into the show, there's two things that I want to do. Obviously, we're going to take care of a little bit of business with our sponsor. But before I jump into that, um, we do a lot of work with a show called The Offensive Zone. And uh, they're a bunch of great guys. So, uh, when my grandfather's house burnt down, they sent him over a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. jersey to kind of lift his spirits last Christmas. Then a lot of things. Unfortunately, their host and the man who created the show, uh, KD, Kevin Devine, uh, passed away from cancer uh, just a couple of days ago. So I wanted to uh, shout out the boys. I know they got some heavy hearts right now. It's going to be a tough season doing their show, but uh, you're with us. You're in our thoughts. We love y'all. And uh, it kind of sucks to have to start a show like this, but Kevin was awesome. A great guy, always reaching out, always talking hockey. So uh, to the guys over at the offensive zone, we're thinking of you. And uh, hopefully we can link up and do a show or something. Talk about Kevin a little bit too. Of course. So uh, one out yeah. There. You you know me, James, so my condolences uh, go out to them. Uh, after my battle uh, myself, I obviously uh, know what the whole battle is. is uh, has its up and its downs, and uh, every day is a, is, is a blessing uh, to just wake up and be here. So it's obviously upsetting that um, we lost another person to cancer and somebody that's close to the show. So uh, our prayers are with them. For sure. And uh, the next part, now, this is the hardest pivot ever, uh, but we are proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock. Their puck off Lagerdale is absolutely the big beer for the big podcast with Rod Peterson. And, of course, the big game when you watch your favorite team. Check out some puck off Lagerdale when you get out east, hopefully across Canada soon. But, Rod, having you on, we want to get some thoughts here. Your guy, and I know he's your guy because he comes on your show and you guys talk and you guys are friends, I know. Uh, Babcock is in a little bit of, I wouldn't say hot water. I think he's just trying to do right by his players and figure things out. And it just seems like a firestorm, no matter what he touches, it's going to be a lightning rod for criticism because people just want to criticize to criticize. I want to know your thoughts on this little story that came out. And do you think there's any ill intent by Babcock here? It doesn't sound like it from Jenner. It doesn't sound like it from the blue jackets. Um, obviously from the guys that spit chicklets, you know, they're in their world of drama cells and, you know, gets clicks and gets people talking. So that to me seems like what that spin was, but what is your gut reaction to this? And yeah, I just want to know as someone who knows Mike Babcock. Well, I think you covered a lot of it with what you said. Um, I don't know where you guys are on 
on Babs as far as Leaf fans go. I mean, I've known him for 30 years, and as soon as I heard this, I'm like, I don't doubt that it happened. <laughs> I don't doubt that some version of this happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I and I didn't watch the Biz Nasty clip, because the thing is, I know Biz, too, personally. I like them both, you know, and quite often I really wonder how Biz is allowed to get away with the things that he says, but he does, you know, on the biggest platform of NHL on TNT. So I, like, you've covered a lot of that. Spitting Chicklets, we're in the broadcast entertainment business. We're sponsors by based on numbers. Yep. So, you, so uh, you, you can't blame Biz for really anything of what he does. But, you know, what my take is, Jamie, is that the story came out and I kind of thought it would go away. And for Biz to double down and start screenshotting text messages from anonymous players, hmm. I'm like, oh, we got we got to fight here. Yeah. And and while, number one, uh, Serena and I were driving around talking about this today, you know this is a controversy. The NHL could not bury fast enough mm-hmm. how could you how could you this is not publicity that you want so i guess my very first thought when i heard it was they haven't even taken the ice yet for god's sakes and there's a controversy yeah. in columbus with babs so it's it's kind of what you said there's going to be people that don't like him no matter what and they're going to be on his ass all year and i don't know yeah and i don't know why babs didn't take his however many million the leaves paid him and retired and ran <laughs> because to be honest, he told people that this that was going to be his last job, and then Columbus came calling. Of course, he's going to take the job. Yeah, but here here they are. So I guess my point is, there's three sides to every story: yep. your side, my side, and the truth. Yeah. And but also where there's smoke, there's fire. So I don't doubt that some version of this did happen, and I don't think Babs has changed because if you notice, since he left the Leafs, he has yet to apologize. And he's been yeah. on my show like five, six times. And he's <laughs> not apologized one time. No, he's kind of walked around it. Even when he's on the interview lately here in tra- the Toronto media, you know, he talked about, you know, did he do some things wrong? Yes, no. You know, he, he gave the Babcockian answers. The other thing, too, is, you know, there may be players in this situation that were fine with what he was trying to do here. And then there may be some players who were uncomfortable. And yeah. they may be the ones who voiced their opinion to biz or to whoever, you know, and that's where the story grows from those unhappy ones or ones that felt maybe it was inappropriate or whatever. But, you know, there may be players that were just like, this is absolutely vanilla. Who cares? Yeah, here, here's my cottage. Here's my dog. Here's my yacht. Here's my whatever. Yeah, I went to Cabo with the boys here. Check this picture out. We're on a boat. You know, big whoop. Some guys will be like that. Other guys might be really more guarded and just say, I don't know you. I don't want to show you anything. And they but shouldn't have to. No, no, they shouldn't have to. But you might feel that way, like, oh, maybe I have to because I might not get to make oh, this yeah. team or I might not make the ice. That's the tough part about this. This is the this is where the bullying comes in. And I don't want to because I've like every time Babs comes on my show, my phone blows up with hockey people that say, yep. Don't have him on, run from that guy. He's a narcissist, he's a bully. And I'm like, listen, man, he's been nothing but great to me. And if I stayed away from narcissists and bullies, I wouldn't have too many people left to interview in my show. There's a, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them in sports. Yeah, so there is. I'm there not, is. It's I, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go by what somebody says about somebody. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's all. I, I think there's also like, there's always going to be s- stories to follow those who have been in Toronto because it's such a big media. And 
shit hit the fan here in Toronto. And there's a reason why there's more people just chasing another story. And, and it's the sports radio world. It's, I'll give you another name. John Ferguson Jr. was the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And every single time his name is brought up, even now, people say that guy can't do anything with a hockey team. Don't let him near a million yards of a hockey team. But it's been so long. Obviously, the guy's probably learned some things, figured some things out, and knows how to do the job. You know, but because he was in Toronto, that spotlight, you're right, Dylan, is always going to be on a guy. There's some guys that just never bounce back from it either. So... It just kind of sucks. Who, and it'll who would you. be one that hasn't bounced back in your mind? Who hasn't bounced back? Yeah. It would be more players than anything. I wouldn't like Frankie Corrado. Guys who just can never refine their footing. You know, that when they were in Toronto, you know, they were just either the AKA whipping boy or yeah. they were just a guy that wasn't uh, liked by the coach, which Babcock had it too. Levo, go down the list. There was guys. That Lou Lamorello could have traded. Babcock didn't want them traded, but they never played. They never touched the ice. Corrado was one. I like his pictures, by the way. He said, if Babcock wanted to see my phone, it was the milk carton of Frankie Corrado on it. Missing. Have you seen this Leafs player? You know, then there was the like popcorn one. The big bag yeah, of popcorn. The big bag of popcorn <laughs> from the press box. Yeah. You know, but there's, there's all kinds of different players and people that haven't bounced back from playing in Toronto. They've gone overseas yeah. and done different things. Yeah, so that's... I guess my and I, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. Obviously, I just I I'm not a Leaf fan. I'm not yep. even a Leaf follower. I'm a Western Canadian guy living in Florida now. Never spent a yep. day of my life living in Toronto or cheering for Toronto. So I don't really understand the market, but I'm willing to try and understand it. You know, because being in Calgary for good chunks of the last two years, I got I got a lot of friends. Like Lanny McDonald played for the Leafs. Jamie McCown played for the Leafs. Tim Hunter coached with the Leafs, and they all say, listen. It's day in, day out here in Calgary. Flames talk in Toronto. It's ten times worse. And I'm like, how could it be? How could it be yeah. worse than this? But it is. I had Jamie McCown on this show, and he told me there is still one reporter in Toronto that if he saw face to face right now today, he'd punch him right in the face. Steve Simmons. <laughs> I I said the same thing. He laughed. That's all he said. He wouldn't yeah. say the name, but he said, if I were to see him face-to-face, I'd punch him right in the face. No and problems. Steve probably deserves it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I know Steve. Uh, I love reading his stuff, but he likes to stir it up. You said vultures, Dylan. They uh, are. They are. Like, it seems like any little negativity just squeaks through the cracks, and there's a big story about it in, in, in a second. Like, you, Galchenyuk, he has bounced around a couple teams, and then – he goes to Arizona, he messes up, and it's a big story because he used to play for the Leafs. Like, if he what if he wasn't a Leaf, it wouldn't have blown up in my eyes because he was in Arizona. Like, why did it have to blow up? Imagine if it had happened when he was a Leaf. I know. Exactly. He'd still be in jail. Yeah. Yeah. No, he wouldn't be out. No, he would not be walking okay. the streets. What do we got next? Yeah, <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, let's move on from Mr. Babcock. Uh, I want to know what stories you're watching this year. I ask you this every single time you're on. What is something that is in your brain that's intriguing you about this season that is about to happen? Uh, there are a few. I mean, I didn't write this down. I should have. Um, it's a good list. What am I personally watching? I'm looking, and I got to say some things here that I wouldn't say on my show. Um, <laughs> be We're a getting more, scoops. Not like I'm not real on there, but I still want to piss off certain people that are watching in Western Canada. They're not to say that you don't have Western Canadian viewers, but Flames or Jets, Jets or Flames. To me, who's better? 
because I've had Flames players say to me, hey, if you think our culture is bad, it's, they say it's worse in Winnipeg, you know, and, and they, you know, they say it's one of the worst cultures in the NHL, Winnipeg, and they cut out the C, got rid of Blake Wheeler, you know, mm-hmm. they've made some changes this summer to try and improve the culture there. In Calgary, they torched the whole thing to the ground, yeah. firing Brad Tree Living and uh, Daryl Sutter. So which move is going to, you know, the Jets made the playoffs last year. They didn't last long. But that's a good team that makes the playoffs with a bad culture. The Flames should have made the playoffs. They will tell you, because I heard it every, all, not every day, but almost every day in Calgary, we had more points than the Panthers. I'm like, what did that get you? You didn't yeah. even make the playoffs. So that's what, who's got, who's going to be better out of those two? Um, who's going to be better, Lightning or Panthers? We just launched a Panthers Lightning podcast today. And we're that's something we're watching here in South Florida quite a bit. And uh, if you Connor Bedard, November twelfth, yeah. he's coming yeah. to Sunrise. I'm very excited to see what he does. Um, obviously, can Vegas repeat? Like I've known Kelly McCrimmon, their general manager, since I was 16 years old, and I was in camp with the Weekings. I've known Kelly that long, and you see the way they've run the Golden Knights. They fired two coaches. They're on their third before they won a Stanley Cup. Mark Andre Fleury screwed up in the conference final. You're gone. Kelly just keeps firing, firing, firing until he gets what he wants. Yep. And uh, and then he brought pretty much everybody back this year be- to reward them in Vegas. You know. So yeah. I'm. You know. That's that's. Those are a few. That's enough to watch right there. That's enough to watch. I want to ask you. I want to dovetail off of uh, Connor Bedard. What do you think he does in his rookie season? Obviously, Chicago doesn't have a lot of weapons to play with him. They went and got a couple of things, but nothing really prominent to play with Connor Bedard. Do you see him putting up a 70-point season or lower? I got him at 82. 82? Assuming he plays every game, which he hasn't missed time. I've been broadcasting his – hey, Clark, Rod, be careful. I'm watching. Uh, Nothing about the Leafs. Thank you, Clark. Um, I've been broadcasting his major junior game since he was 15 in Regina. He doesn't miss time. He's very, very sturdy. Um, very skilled, obviously. And he was, a, what was he? 1.3 points a game in junior. And he's going to be playing, right. And he's going to be playing with a higher caliber of player, which yeah. he, I feel like he's going to be the kind of guy that that will elevate his game. Yeah. yeah. Some guys sink, but I think he'll be elevated. So I'm saying a point a game. Now, I'm I, I love to catch all the rookies that are coming in. Besides Bedard, who is on your radar that you think might compete for the Calder Trophy? Matthew Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to that. Um, that's that's why I think our show is popular with certain people, because there's enough guys like you people talking about the Leafs that we talk about everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and that's refreshing for people. Um, yep. Rookies, that entire top five in the draft class. I mean, I, I, I can't off the top of my head. name. I, I think of Cooley. I, yeah. I, I'm really curious about Devin Levi this season, the goalie in Buffalo. Yep. Um, Nyes and then Fantilli and Carlson. If, if they make the lineup, of course, I think Fantilli will. And I'm not sure the depth of Fantilli under Babs might not be a good thing though. I'm might not sure. That ice. Carlson and, and well, I'll tell you what, listen, I'm going to go back to another bad story. I did a <laughs> banquet in the spring with Ryan Getzlaff. And uh, he said that his very first ever training camp with the Ducks was oh, yeah. Babcock was the coach. 
So he said, we're skating around first war first practice. We're skating laps. He goes, Babtok skates up to me, swats me on the butt with a stick and says, Hey, I, the word on you is that you're soft. Why would scouts and coaches say that you're soft? And Ryan's like, I don't know. I've never heard that before. And he goes, well, that's what I heard. And I've never seen you play. So why would coaches say you're soft? And Ryan's like, I don't know what to say to this guy. It's the first conversation I've ever had with him. <laughs> and, and he goes, I don't think you're soft. And then he, he goes, he patted me on the butt and skated away. He goes, just the weirdest mind game. And I think Ryan said that was the year of the lockout. So he went back to Calgary, to Hitman, and uh, never did play a game for Babs. But he's just so, but there's a young guy that's a rookie that Babs is getting in his head. Don't know why. Uh, but Ryan ended up having a Hall of Fame career. So just Babs has weird ways. Weird but who's right, to yeah. say that they're wrong? So maybe you know? that'll work with Fantilli. Um, yeah, but I saw the article with Logan Cooley. I feel sorry for Logan Cooley. Who doesn't feel sorry for anybody playing in Arizona? Like, Hunter. yeah, it's a wonderful city with a terrible team. You know, go back to biz. I was riding an, riding an elevator with him <laughs> about 27, 2018 in the rink in Phoenix. And I'd been listening to him on the pregame show say yeah. they're in year three of a five-year rebuild in Arizona. Ooh. So we get in the elevator and I'm like, Biz, really? You actually think it's going to be a five-year rebuild here? And he goes, hey, got to sell it. At that time, he was the color guy for the Coyotes on TV yeah. and radio. I can't remember. I think and it was like, radio. It's, yeah, it's now 2023. Yeah. And I've got and to pick still... to be dead last 32nd in the NHL. So how's that rebound going? Uh, rebuild, sorry. Rebound, rebuild, whatever you want to say. So anybody in Arizona, it's where careers go to die. That's so. pretty much it. Alexander Kerfoot. I mean, it's the quietest place you can go to not make mistakes. So, <laughs> Yeah. And Matthews clearly isn't going there, not anytime soon. So you guys got to be happy that rumor's been put to bed. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, I want to ask you this one. Um, what may shock us this season? Obviously, Boston and Florida. Those two teams for me. Boston losing Krejci and Bergeron. Traded away Hall to save some cap space. Orlov is gone as well. Obviously, the net mining, not too bad. Swayman, you got uh, Allmark in there. The defense still has got their pieces. Do you see Boston taking a step back? Same thing with Florida. I'm wondering with some guys being injured to start the season, losing a guy like Alex Lyon, the big story with Spencer Knight coming back. He's got to find his footing. You know, when he doesn't do well, it's going to be that dark cloud story. Is he still battling? Is he still battling demons? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Do you see those two teams taking a step back, and if not, why? Well, I have Boston picked to miss the playoffs, and nobody has really argued that for all the reasons that you just said. So I don't yep. need to continue. They have the best goaltending tandem in the they NHL, do. and that will help, but it's not going to be enough to offset. It's been a good run, boys. A if, really good run. If Boston. anything, like if they squeak in, I think it would be similar to what Florida did. Like they would be winning games by one goal, like just one goal because of their defense and yeah. their goalies can just shut it down. But they don't have the goal scoring there. In they my don't have center depth is what they don't have. Yeah. Well, uh, there's nothing wrong with a rebuild. Just teams won't say it anymore. And as far as Florida, like I'm a really big culture guy. Like, yeah. I called games for 20 years in the Canadian Football League and the Western Hockey League. I've been with good yep. teams and bad teams. My dad worked in the NHL for 26 years, won a Stanley Cup with Dallas. Um, and the reason I say that is here in Florida, they have an unreal culture. Unreal. 
from top to bottom. Their president's a military guy. They're owned by a military guy. Um, and if you know anything about the military, they run things sharp. Vegas Golden Knights, same thing. So from the day I showed up, this is going to be my third season covering the Panthers. Joel Quenville was a coach then, boys, just so Ooh. you know. That's how, that's how long ago and what this team's been through yeah. since then. But what have they done? Won a president's trophy after Q stepped down and Brunette took over. And then Paul Maurice takes him to the Stanley Cup final. And everybody thought Paul Maurice waved this magic wand and made him good. Everybody no. forgot they'd won a president's trophy the year before he even got there. And Pomo, mm -hmm. you know, showed up and said, I just didn't get in their way. I just didn't screw anything up. You know, that's the only thing that I can say. So they got Bob signed long-term, Kachuk on the long-term, Barkov on a long-term. They got Oliver ekman Larson, who I watched really closely in Arizona. Oh, yeah. I think he's awesome. Yeah. yeah, they got him in free agency. They lost Radko Gudis. To me, that's a win. I don't really know why anybody would leave this franchise and this market because I love it so much, but I understand maybe it's not for everybody. The only real guys they lost to my they traded away Anthony Duclair to San Jose. I don't I assume that's a financial thing. And yeah. Mark's Mark Stahl signed in Philly, which I don't know why you would do that. But it's largely the same roster coming back. So aside from the injuries, and you know, Kachuk said this week he's healthy and ready to go. I was at an autograph signing with him on Sunday. I didn't talk to him, but he looked fine. I yep. think Florida's going to be not only in the playoffs. I got him. I got the Leafs one, Florida two, Tampa three, and then Buffalo four because I think this is the year like that they take the step forward. I like. Yeah, there's the the Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. Those three right there. I think they're going to be battling tooth and nail between each other to get themselves into the playoffs. Um, before we jump into anything further, want to talk about our friends over at DraftKings. Uh, we are partnered up with the Hockey Podcast Network and football. Well, it's back in full swing, and we all know that. And guess what? DraftKings is the official sports book of the NFL. And new customers can bet $5, just $5, and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on all this action. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day in September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Text Hope NY four six seven three six nine in Connecticut. Help is available for your problem in gambling at triple eight seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms and eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So go, guys. Use the code THPN. Check out DraftKings and get rocking and rolling. All right. So I want to ask you about the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pens go and get Dubas. They go and get Mr. Eric Carlson. Uh, is this a team that is just trying to, with every might, milk every moment out of Sidney Crosby and his Jenny Malkin? And I want to ask, is it is it really over? Could this be 
the year the Penguins don't make it with Sid. And I ask that because the goaltending isn't that great. They've lost some surrounding help as well. And I'm just wondering if this team really has the juice with the older guys to get it done. And I like to point out that Eric Carlson does get turnstile to the right side a lot because of that bionic ankle. Well, let's just remember that how they start isn't necessarily how they're going to finish. So I think they're going to, you know, take off like they're shot out of a cannon at the start of the year. They are an old team. Yeah. But, I mean, you answered the question before you got it out of your mouth. I mean, they probably held on too long, and it cost Brian Burke and Ron Hextall their jobs. I mean, they missed the playoffs last year for, for what was it, for the first time since 07? Mm-hmm. So they bring in Kyle Dubas, who I'm – I'm sorry. I'm not a Kyle Dubas fan. And, you know, I ask what the Dubas legacy is in Toronto, and maybe you guys could answer that as Leaf guys. I don't know. But he obviously wanted to make a splash in his first season as general manager of the yep. Pittsburgh Penguins. So he goes out and lands the Norris Trophy winner. Okay. Defensive liability, whatever you say, 100 points, 100 points. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, definitely. And, and what is he? You know, uh, he's an $11 million a year player-ish. So what do I – I think they might make the playoffs. They barely missed last year. But they've got some work to do. I mean, what Kyle Dubas never drafted a goalie, to my knowledge. It was always different uh, free agents that they were bringing in there. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. Um, GMs, owners, they hate to move on from players. Some move on too long. And when you do get rid of them, fans scream bloody murder. I remember a couple of years ago, I asked Brian Burke on our show if they would ever consider trading Sidney Crosby at the deadline. <laughs> and he was like, not, not even remotely even thought of. You know, so he'll retire there and he'll play as long as he wants to, I would think. So, yeah. Well, it's not like he's a scrubbable player either. Obviously, he's still putting up points, still plays well. I just think Father Time waits for no man. And collectively, Father Time is probably going to start coming for a lot of those players that are over in Pittsburgh, whether it's Latang, whether it's Malcolm, whether it's Crosby. Go down the list, Eric Carlson now. You know, it's just a lot of guys with a lot of miles. And we all know that we watched it here in Toronto. Mark Giordano, TJ Brody, guys who were on that wrong side of 30 towards the end of the season that play a lot, which these guys will be. They wore down. They got injured. They were not as effective as they were, like you said, to start the season. So I look at Pittsburgh and say, will that be their undoing? Guys who have to do too much at their ages. Yeah, I watch I, a I lot think of hockey. Yeah, go ahead, Dylan. I, I think in a certain way, like whoever, like if Dubas didn't go in, whoever went into Pittsburgh was kind of handcuffed in the way that like the organization wants them to have a last dance. And if it wasn't that, or if you're not making moves to go into that direction, then we didn't want you. So I think that was the whole reasoning for trading for Eric Carlson in a general sense. But like, is there going to be a last dance? That's really the question. Like, can they do it? Think about it this way, and it just dawned on me. If you're going to trade for him in the offseason and you're Kyle Dubas, why would the last regime not do it at the trade deadline? Mm-hmm. If you could, like, why wouldn't you do that? You know, I'm sure they had to do some maneuvering to make it happen. I don't know. I haven't seen any coverage on that or anything, but it might have saved their jobs. But, you know, I do a preview or a prediction late August every year by yep. division because nobody else is really doing it. So it gets a lot of attention when I do it. 
And uh, I, I, I had Pittsburgh out in the Metropolitan and Washington in. And I had an NHL alum TV analyst now call me and go, uh-uh, uh-uh. Washington's going like this. And Pittsburgh now with this trade are hanging on. So he's <laughs> like, you may want to flip Pittsburgh and Washington in your prediction. So I did. You know, um, Washington, the window is shut. You know, they are going like this. They're just was, chasing they're just chasing the the record for Ovi. It's about it. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like everybody's kind of just accepted that too. Like the narrative yeah. around the Washington Capitals is that of we're just here to watch the great eight do some things. And that's where we are now. We've got our cup. You know, now this basically regime is gonna go chase records with Alexander Ovechkin and whoever's on that team just wants to be a a part of it but maybe assist on a goal yeah or be a part of the history right they yeah. want to be a part of that now yeah. so it's going to be a lure for some guys to be in a record book with a guy who may set the goal scoring record if he can get there so we'll see but yeah no i definitely agree washington's going down and like i said i think that pittsburgh's holding on for their dear life just to, to keep reliving the glory days and you never never know what could happen if That's eric carlton exactly can roll it. back the clock again it's a different era, boys. Yeah. O- owners and fans are not patient for rebuilds. Nope. You know? Right? It's They used to be. They're not now. I don't know what changed. But that's very clear what's going on in Pittsburgh. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Well, we want to ask you what's going on in Leafland. Because obviously this offseason, Brad Treliving comes in after walking away from the Calgary Flames, comes into the Toronto organization, puts his stamp on it. Gets Austin Matthews signed to an extension. Some people were okay with it. Some people weren't. Then they went out and got muscle. They got the Reeves, the Bertuzzi's. Domi isn't muscle, but he will defend himself, will chirp. They bring in Klingberg. Obviously, they weren't so steady from the back end in getting points. Morgan Riley wasn't himself. Moving the puck up the ice was a problem. They get Samsonov done on a one-year deal. I want to know, have the Leafs, in your opinion, done enough to bolster themselves to be more playoff ready. I don't care about the regular season because we all know they'll figure a way to at least make the playoffs. But I want to know, did they do enough to alter this lineup to make noise against a team like Florida that put Matthew Nyes out of the playoffs? Well, let's put it this way. Um, They had to do something Mm -hmm. with their roster. So this is what they did. (laughs) Is it going to work or not? I don't know, but that's that's a pretty significant retooling. I am not the biggest Domi fan. I mean, rough numbers here. I think he's been in the league seven, eight years. This is his seven or eighth team. Yep. That says a lot to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then with Ryan Reeves, I was following Vegas really closely when he was with the Golden Knights, and there got to be times when they got to the West Conference Final, he couldn't be in the lineup because he couldn't skate at the pace that that series was being played against Dallas a few years ago. I believe it was the Dallas series they were playing. So I love him. I do. Um, Bertuzzi didn't add a lot to the Bruins last year in a run that they were hoping to make. I'm not poo-pooing everything here. Something had to change. But watching up front, uh, sorry, at ice level in the Stanley Cup playoffs when they were playing Florida here, I went to every game here, which I have a funny story about that, by the way. But I just saw the look in the eyes of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. They weren't scared but they were rattled. They were robots just with the pressure. This was in warm-up, yeah. right, in early early stages of the games. There's so much pressure on these guys. So yeah. unless you can find a way to alleviate that or deal with that, 
But clearly, Austin Matthews doesn't have a problem with it because you saw his comments when he resigned for $13.25 million. He loves every part of playing in Toronto. And you know what? I believed him. But the way he said it, yeah. I believe it. But they keep pounding on that door, and eventually, you know, hope they're going to kick it in. And, and these are all painful lessons that they've learned in these playoffs. My funny story is this. You guys don't know me personally, but when I go to the rink, no matter where it is, I get to know the ushers, the security people, blah, blah, blah. Just what I like to do. So at the start of the Leaf series here against Florida, I had one of the security guys came up to me and he goes, what are these Leaf fans like? What are we going to get into here with these Leaf fans? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, we had to throw out 37 Bruins fans last series, drunken disorderlies, conduct. They're a bunch of assholes. And I said, are the Leaf fans going to be like this? And I said, no, 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 no. They're just annoying. They're not going to cause a problem. I said, they're going to be the first people here beating on the doors an hour and a half before the game, which yep. they were, yep. you know, oh, yeah. and, and loud, but they won't cause any problems, which they didn't. But the Leafs lost the games here, and as I recall. And oh, I know for sure of one game they did because it was grown men sitting in their seats crying two hours after the game. They're like, buddy, yep. you got to go. Yeah, You know what I mean? So, yeah, Leaf fans, annoying but not dangerous. That's the summation of that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know what? I don't mind it. We just want to see a damn win, Rod. We just want to see some some glory here for some of these guys. I mean, wait a little while. I know a lot of people. So what I have said, and nobody has the answer to this because we won't know till the spring, the difference with the Leafs this year that I've seen is you guys all think every year is your year, which is cool, right? This is our year. Every year you say it, and it hasn't been since 1967. What's different this year is – Everybody thinks it could be the Leafs year. Not oh. just Leaf fans. Oh, everybody. Even yeah, I. Yeah, there's a lot got, of chatter. Yeah, I mean, you got your Stanley Cup final, way too early Cup final prediction coming up. I'll give you a hint: the Leafs are one half of that. I'm a believer. I am. I. Uh, I'm excited this early in the season. <laughs> it hasn't even started yet. I'm gonna be a little sleep tonight now. I'm an optimist. I don't like to get too hyped. I've heard it for way too many years oh this is our year this is our year this is our year like when kessel was here this was our year <laughs> sorry but it was i never like, thought it was our year when kessel was here Not but like warm. that's that's just how crazy this fan base is and and when we started well when i joined this podcast i should say i realized that a lot of us think pretty similar about the leafs outcome and we're pretty realistic and I've also realized now going to like tailgates that there are some diehard Leafs fans that are like, they would burn it to the ground if, if, if we didn't make it there. And it's scary to think, but I, I like to think that we could make it, but I would be happy with a conference final appearance because it's just one step forward it, and Look at look at Colorado. Look at how long it took them. I I take them as a as a big big example. They, you saw. Uh, I think it was the year and Nathan McKinnon had the press conference after the second round, and he was just tired of the media asking the same damn questions. It's just like we'll be back here and we'll take care of business, basically. And it's just like I just want the confidence to be drilled inside these superstars in Toronto that they can do it. And I think with the additions that we made, a lot of the pressure will be taken off, which is a really good thing in my eyes. Well, I think that was a conversation that Matthews had with Brad for a living. I think he really said, Brad, 
we need some guys here that'll keep the flies off, that'll set a tone. Yeah. If things are getting too rough and tumble out there, we need a guy to jump on our wing and just be an arsehole. Be an arsehole. And one guy, I know you said that Ryan Reeves couldn't keep up at points in the playoffs, but you throw him out there with Matthews and Marner and just <laughs> dare anyone to do anything to them. And he's one of those guys, I love when I listen to Reeves talk about the fact, he's like, I'm not going to go and skate up to their tough guy. I'm going to go skate up to one of their skilled guys. And I'm going to go mess with him. And then tell their tough guy, if you want to come do something, come do something. But I'm going to make it a long night on their stars. And what he'll say is, if you're going to mess with any of my star guys, then your star guys are going to get it 10 times worse. And he's backed that up many, many times. And there's so many guys who don't want to go toe-to-toe with Ryan Reeves. So you throw him out there as a deterrent. And hell, maybe he pots a couple gimme goals from Marner or Matthew. (laughs) When Matt Martin used to play with Mitch Marner, you know. He got a couple cookies because of it, but he protected Mitch and Mitch played a lot more confident during that time, in my opinion, especially when he played against Washington in the playoffs and stuff like that. And he was just a kid, but that's, I think that's one thing that Matthews really wanted to drive home is they needed some guys with a little snarl, not just a bunting who's going to flipper you, but guys will actually do some things. And I like bunts, but it became more antics towards the end than anything. He cost this team. Cost this team in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, he did. People like that. And the thing is, I've been friends with the Reeves family for a long time, more through football. Uh, Ryan's dad, Willard, was a Winnipeg Blue Bombers great, and his brother, Jordan, played with us with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders when I was with them. And so I will say this with all due respect, and they won't like it, but they're going to have to go prove me wrong. I often say this Confucius said, if Kelly McCrimmon don't want you, you don't want him either. Or something oh. like that. Do you know well, what I'm saying? Let, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But listen, let, I said just the other episode, I had Ryan Reeves playing about 60 games in the regular season for the Leafs. Not an every night kind of guy. There'll be some times where he's not in the lineup, in my opinion. But he's a guy that I think will be there in the playoffs to start as a deterrent. Much like when the Leafs played Tampa the first time and they had Kyle Clifford out there you know, and really sparked the building because he threw that big hit and everybody was just rabid, just excited. Those little things sometimes matter. It can be a tone setter even for a game. But I will uh, I will leave that until the season plays itself out and we'll see what Confucius say at the end of it. If <laughs> Ryan Reeves is holding... Yeah, I think it was either maybe a fortune cookie said that or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, listen. All right, so you told us a moment ago that one half of your way too early Stanley Cup final featured the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who's the other half? The Edmonton Oilers. Connor Brown will drive a dagger into Maple Leaf fans' hearts. Scoring Maybe. the OT winner. Well, there's a reason I say that. Um, a few years ago, uh, Craig Button was my dad's boss with the Stars for like 15 years. So I know Craig really well. Yep. And on SportsCenter, the year before the Blues and the Bruins met in the Stanley Cup final, Craig predicted a St. Louis-Boston Stanley Cup final. And then, like, it didn't even come close that year, but then the next year they did. And, and then, he did that last year. Oh, my no, God. No, no, no. That, that was one. And then two years ago, I predicted a Vegas-Florida Stanley Cup final, and everybody laughed at me. Two years ago. Lo and behold, last year it happened. So Craig and I laugh and say we're just so far in front of everybody that – you know, we can't hold back our predictions. 
So, and my point is, last year, I don't know about you guys, but in I my heard. circles, a lot of talk of an Edmonton-Toronto. Like, I mean, a lot of talk yeah. Yeah. of an Edmonton-Toronto Stanley Cup final. And they were good enough to get there, both teams. Yeah. It just didn't happen. Damn, I, I should I should uh, take back my bet of, of who's going to win the Stanley Cup. But, no, oh well, <laughs> I'll save that for another day. I'm not a betting expert, that's for sure. But it's kind of No, me like, neither. I just kind of looking back at the track record here the past few years, I'm like, hey, We've called it just a little too early, and uh, as far as I know, betting windows in Vegas don't say, don't take your slip from last year. Hey, no. I said this last year. <laughs> I have it written down right here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, Rod, I want to I want to leave it with this one. Obviously, you're a big CFL guy. The Toronto Argonauts, my team, love them. Um, doing really well this season. Do you think they repeat as Grey Cup champions? I sure hope they do just because I got a lot of great friends in that organization. It starts with pinball. Their assistant oh, yeah. coach, uh, it's the assistant GM, John Murphy gets no pub, but he should. I love him. <laughs> and then Ryan Dinwiddie, when he was yep. hired at 38, people said he was like Justin Trudeau, just not ready. And I'm like, no, no, you don't know him then. And he's shoved that down everybody's throat. Nice. So it's a great, a point. great organization. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Rod, I want to thank you every single time you come on. It's a great show. We have a lot of fun. I uh, appreciate you giving us the time. Look forward to having you on maybe towards the end of the season just yep. to see if that fortune cookie was right or wrong and uh, <laughs> talk some playoffs, my friend. Hopefully yeah. the uh, the Florida Panthers are in there, but uh, I look forward to catching up with you tor- towards the end of the season, of course. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks, Rod. No worries. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what this is. This is Offside Hockey Talk where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. 